Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Big day in the virtual sminty podcasting space. Big. We're really, we're pushing new boundaries. All the time. It's 2021. <laughs> we got to get it in. Let's do this right. <laughs> we got to get it in. Yes. So today we are so excited to be joined by the team behind the podcast, the awesome podcast, Tampon Rock. Woo-hoo. Hi, y'all. Thanks for joining us. It's three guests. So it's five of us, which is the most we've ever had. Whoa. <laughs> You're Thank you for the impressed yeah, reaction. <laughs> That's what I was really going for. Um, would you mind going around and introducing yourselves and a little bit about yourselves? Who wants to start it off? You already Sarah, said yes, you should. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Sarah, uh, Sarah Ament, and I am a co-creator of Tampon Rock and, um, you know, general uh, life enthusiast <laughs> as I live life. You know, that's me. Uh, one of the first. I think that's actually <laughs> defined themselves that way. So thank you for coming and bringing a light to the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. I'll go next. Um, <laughs> thanks, Sarah, for your words. Uh, I'm Alicia, um, one of the co-creators of Tampon Rock. And like Sarah, I am also a life enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's that's that. Thank you. That's my time. <laughs> this reminds me of one time I in fifth grade, I couldn't, you know, you had to come up. Samantha knows I have a real anxiety about fun facts and like coming up with fun facts. Yeah. And one time I used one that was very similar to this girl named Andrea. And she like punched me in the face because she Damn. said oh I was gosh. lying. Are you okay? That sounds like that's... childhood trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that. Yes, I obviously that. still carry some weight. <laughs> <from> <laughs> Uh, Well, on that note, um, I'm Sophie, and I'm also one of the co-creators of Tampon Rock. And I'm like a sometimes life enthusiast, you know, Mm -hmm. depends on the day, I think. Mm -hmm. But Are you okay? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Today I'm fine. No, today I'm good. (laughs) I I think I read on your your bio, Sophie, that you uh, write various things, including mostly dad jokes. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, you know, who doesn't love a dad joke? I try. I try. That's, I try to keep my skills my them. skills honed. It's less uh-huh. of writing them and more just like if they pop up, you know? Mm. We're all it, dads also, at heart. Sophie is a dad. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Sophie is a father. <laughs> our, one our day. <laughs> one day. I feel like Sarah's well, more of a dad than I am, though, mm-hmm. now that we're... Well, yeah. the question is, 
who wears the dark socks with the sandals, the knee-high <laughs> socks? Because that will really test who the dad is of the show. I am I am wearing dark socks right now, but I'm not wearing sandals. I'm like halfway there. Okay, I'll so... do dark socks with Crocs. They oh, tell me what yeah, then it's you. I think it's I Sarah. Think if, you, if you own Crocs, then <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unless you're a nurse, then it's completely understandable, and you can you can get right. away with it. I have fuzzy Crocs and I have regular Crocs. Um, and uh, hell yeah, come at me. <laughs> Wait, I didn't fuzzy know what were. Yeah. What, fu- like, is it just Crocs that you left outside and it just has like mold on it? Is that yeah. what I'm about? <laughs> no, they have like a slipper lining. Oh, winter crocs. Winter crocs. Level. Okay. I respect that. The only thing about them, though, is that you kind of have to size them up, and crocs only come in whole sizes. You guys, this is is a dilemma. (laughs) And I'm trying to petition for some half sizes because I've got, you know, not enough. uh, I need need extra uh, cushion there. Yeah, I need halfies. Halfies. That's respectable. Mm -hmm. So, I'm glad we have people like you, Sarah, fighting the good fight the out good there. Fight. Petitioning Crocs for half sizes. We want half sizes. <laughs> Starting now. So as you can hear, we have three amazing people on our show. Yes, and obviously they are quite hilarious. And I'm so excited about this because I'm ready for a good giggle. <laughs> a good giggle. Well, so now no you're pressure. putting pressure on us. And yeah, I just don't, no pressure. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I have high expectations. Please don't let me down. It's, oh, been, no. a, it's been a sad, sad year already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not a life wrong. enthusiast, so I need those in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on that note, I guess, <laughs> uh, could you tell us about your podcast, Tampon Rock? I usually like to say it's about tampons that rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That, I think it's the pressure you put on me and I'm like yeah. trying to make jokes. Uh, uh, but yeah. you know, immediately my mind just went to like a schoolhouse rock of a picture mm. of a tampon dancing and singing with fun <laughs> shoes. Yeah, I'm into that. Let's go. It's you know, not far off. Yeah. Yes. We've gotten we've gotten some some hate tweets that were uh kind of like related to that topic actually. Really? Yeah. Like school, they were like schoolhouse rock, like tampons, ew. Yeah. And, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just like here holding my tampon in public, no shame, <laughs> just trying to be out and proud as a woman, you know, who has a Someone- menstrual yeah. Um, so I, I mean, and people are like, mm, you shouldn't talk about that. Ew. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even what the, the podcast is about. I was going to so say, tell us what it is exactly. Yeah. Is it about tampons? Are you singing about tampons? Are you lovingly staring well, at tampons? No, I'm just wondering. No. <laughs> it's about two friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. No, I, I think that um, Sarah, Sarah's the one that kind of, I think, came up with the the name of it, sort of. Like, I think, Sarah, this is your part when you say, tampon rock is actually blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to pass that to you and then you can pass it back and then okay, cool, pass cool. it to Sophia. Okay, I see what you're doing. I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, tampon rock okay. is like um, a derogatory term that like came out in the 90s that was men sort of, you know, calling out girls and women who are making music particularly with guitars at the time. And, um, you know, then it was kind of reclaimed because it was it was attributed to like Tegan and Sarah stuff. Although I, I read that they didn't, they don't like the term. Although, I don't know, it's the internet. Who knows what's right? But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I use tampons and I rock. So let's make a podcast. <laughs> right. And then uh, cut to Alicia and Sophie being like, we're in. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Tampon Rock was born. And it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a podcast literally just about, you know, early 20s and being lesbians and in friends. the music scene and yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. Lesbians and friends and music. And it's, yeah. Dating <laughs> Sophie, your and turn. therapy. Oh, and- um... What else? I mean, it's a scripted podcast. I guess we should say that because lots of them yeah. are not. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of like a sitcom, but like an audio sitcom sort of, mm-hmm. right? And has music, yeah. but it's not really yeah. a musical. Yeah. Like yeah. we just use the music as transitions and like as tools to like, because you can't 
see what we're talking about. So you might as well listen to it, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like a TV show. So, yeah. And then Sarah composed all of the transition music. She's great. She, me and Sophie would be like, it should sound something like, I don't know, Boys to Men and or Four Minutes by Madonna. And <laughs> Sarah just kind of pops it out. And it's it's great. It's a great collaborative effort. And we we work good as a team. The three of us are one head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about, because awesome. it is scripted, so therefore it is uh, fictional. Can you tell us about the characters and kind of how this all begins? Mm. <laughs> uh, the characters are Deja and Chloe. And uh, Chloe, it seems like they've met in college or something. They're really close best friends. And, you know, just like any young person in their 20s, they're uh, expanding their horizons, also confronting some childhood trauma or not trauma, just coming into their own. It's kind of like about, you know, the second coming of age that's not um, high school. (laughs) and. Yeah, they're quirky little little dudes. Very similar to us in in that yeah. respect of their quirkiness. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're versions of ourselves that we probably kind of were when we were in our early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm that way anymore. But you know, now that I'm thirty, what is anything like? Life goes down after you turn thirty. It's you all know? downhill. I'm here to tell you, <laughs> it doesn't you don't get better. Get at 40, about guys, it doesn't get better. <laughs> oh, than 40, so. wait. You're 40? Yeah. Wow. This place is 40. Wow. Yes, I never yeah. would have guessed. Ugh. I would have at least thought 39, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we can... So this is... I, I'm going to sit over here and cry. But okay. Yeah. I'm, just I'm, just kidding. Kidding. I'm kidding. Alicia, you take that back. <laughs> I know. That was my joke. That was... I loved it. That's perfect. You know, you, you reel them in thinking you're going to say something nice, but then you're like, yeah. Yeah. No. It's your That's MO. the only humor that I really <laughs> want in my life. Give it to me. I think that's childhood trauma. I'm feeling. <laughs> so you guys, you guys reflected a lot about your own past life into this, but making it quirky comedy. So, yeah, give us a kind of a take on a daily life of Deja and Chloe. Hmm. Waking oh. up, um, trying to find where your phone <laughs> they, is, yeah. uh, brushing mm-hmm. your teeth, staring in the mirror, and wondering why you're alive. Um, what did I do last night? <laughs> <laughs> Talking through the wall. Uh, no, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think um, it's very set in like, you know, everyday activity that's just hyped up because of the foibles that these two are, are, are going through, either because it's like self-perpetuated or because they, you know are confronting something for the first time that they've never done before. You know, Deja's like never had sex with a woman before. And so when that happens, you know, she's she's feeling all sorts of things, working it out on her own in conversations. And also you see her like not talking about it and alluding to it in really uh, embarrassing ways. Much like <laughs> your 20s. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, totally. Which I've never had sex though, I think so I don't know. <laughs> I think I think that it gets better, you guys. Let's be real. I love being 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm way less stressed. This is out. not the Trevor Project. <laughs> it's it <gets> better. <laughs> yes, it gets better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was gonna piggyback on that, but then I the piggyback train just left. So it's kind of like I feel like it's sort of like Broad City. Like they yes. go through these different sort of like mini adventures, and then you know, while they're kind of trying to find themselves, like it's a lot of just like hanging out, going to shows, playing shows, mm-hmm. dating, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like yeah, mm-hmm. regular, regular, regular life. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus the COVID pandemic. Yeah, which is yeah. also kind of fun, you know. Yeah. It's like before you're yeah, we didn't factor that in. before you have a job that really, you know, takes a lot out of you or is like part of your identity, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. phase of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause back in my twenties, woof, I was I used to live in LA and I was out every weekend, multiple oh, times. You know, just West Hollywood, living it <laughs> up, throwing even, up in my bed, you know. Even like, like going times. out during the week now feels like well, going anywhere now feels foreign, <laughs> but like the idea of just like during the week if you have to work, just being like, Yeah, I'll stay out till four. I yeah. can get three hours of sleep, that's fine. Now I'm like, I need 
12 and a half hours of sleep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bed by 8.30 I, I used to go to yeah. bars just to stand side by side with my friend on the side of the bar, just like looking and like sort of talking to each other, being like, you good? And then my friend Lindsay <laughs> being like, King of the Hill. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You see anybody <laughs> yeah. like, uh, uh, I don't know, you? I don't know. Should we get another drink? <laughs> Um, yeah, I did that at the cubby hole, you yeah. guys, circa 20, 2011. <laughs> wow. Uh, cubby hole. Do you guys, have you ever heard of cubby hole? It's like one of the famous, um, no. <laughs> lesbian bars in, in Manhattan that and Henrietta Hudson, which is amazing. Um, but you know, lesbian bars don't really exist in the same way that gay male bars do mm-hmm. because, you know, women get paid less. They have to, um, take care of children and, apparently we're just um you know we like plaid and and um and dinner parties no plaid bars yeah (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah I think definitely (laughs) infused a lot of that sort of young party yeah yeah truly it was fun to write about that too during COVID when we're just stuck at home Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a good way to Mm -hmm. sort of live vicariously through other people who can be in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that would depress me or, or cheer me up. I'm unsure. Um, one thing I did want to shout out of a part of this quirkiness is uh, there are a lot of things like you have the G-O-A-L, the greatest of all lesbians. You have your resident lesbians, the lesbians, but also the songs, which you you mentioned briefly, but I love like, my heart has a heavy flow, period blood, like nipples, exclamation point. Like... I am just such a big fan of things like that. And one one thing we discuss on here a lot is Samantha and I both come from really small conservative towns. Right. So. The life you guys are li- living, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. so like, not, what? I, I don't know what's, like, we just had I went to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> And I'm like, that's what they oh, that's what the show is referencing. This kind of life. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> we thought it was a fairy tale. <laughs> but um Growing up and having like, you know, the the horror of like a tampon comes out of your purse and your high school life is yeah. ruined. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, I love that in this show, you have embraced it and you are celebrating it. Because for so many of us still, it is a subject of taboo and shame. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Society really sucks, huh? It's like, how do you live in a society that makes you feel bad for having a natural body? Like, I mean, they even they, double you know, bag my tampon box when I go to CVS. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, good. I, I'm no, gonna I just let it out. I don't yeah. want you to tell me that I should feel shame about this. Like, I, you know, and um, yeah. so our That's songs definitely are like social commentary and us like making fun of um, how preposterous those things are, but also just shouting out to like. You know, it is it is really feminist humor because we're we're trying to embrace and love ourselves and also make fun of ourselves. You know, like uh, n- the song "Nipples," like Chunky Blood. Oh. <laughs> well, Chunky Blood, all that stemmed from um, my partner went to a like Chinese medicine um, herbalist in the city and she's, you know, got like back problems. So she was trying to figure out like anti-inflammatory stuff. And this person asked her, you know, do you have blood clots in your period, in your menstrual cycle? And that's something that I feel like Western medicine should be asking us because it tells you a lot about your cardiovascular system. And that literally was a conversation that we had like a few days (laughs) before we were writing the scene and we were trying to have like an overtly like in your face feminist um band <laughs> so uh just talking about that and making a song for it as like you know the the band that's playing the back of this like hyper lesbian party um just <laughs> felt like so on the nose but like extreme you know um still one of our favorite songs talking about chunky yeah, blood mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I I actually, I don't even think I, Sarah was just like, all right, just go for it. And I didn't even write down the lyrics. I just said, you tore my heart out like the diva cup you stole yeah. from me. And I think... <laughs> yeah, you improv all that. I want to get that tattooed. You know, I want to get that tattooed on my like arms, you know. 
I don't even use a diva cup. I'm too afraid to really just <laughs> throw something in there. I don't know. What do you guys use? Should we just go around? What's your preferred? <laughs> oh, we've talked about this many a times because I have yeah. an IUD and haven't had a period in like five oh, years. I'm so like, like, do you wow. do you feel like? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, sh- no, I don't want to so s- shame you or scared that, you know. I f- no, yeah. So there's so many things. But for me, uh, growing up, I had really painful, painful mm-hmm. periods. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so getting an IUD, A, I don't want children. B, mm-hmm. I don't want a period. So this is amazing. Yeah. And I've never, this is the second one I've had. And I find it oh, amazing and delightful. That's great. And I'm okay wow. with it. Now, Different people have different reactions, but it did take yeah. me a good like nine months to get used to it. Yeah, but worth it. How was the like hormonal aspect of it? Because I get like right. PMS, PMDD really bad, like emotionally, yeah. just like all yeah. over. How do you feel like you I are love this happening right now? Sane. Yeah. So essentially, uh, for me, because I I would get all of those things as well, and I was trying all the birth control, and they made me really Oy. sick, really, mm. really, yeah. really sick. Uh, but this has been. A complete turnaround for me. I will wow. say that. So, and I do use the one with hormones, and it is the plastic one. So, uh, it's not the Marina because Marina is going through th- through some things. Uh, oh. But uh, oh. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I've digressed. But yes, for my own period situation, it's delightful, and I don't want it ever again. Wow. <laughs> See, I don't think I even knew with an IUD that you just don't get your I know period so at all. Little. Like I thought that you got it less or something. I know, yeah, I don't know very much about it. I feel IUDs like there should be all. a formal letter yeah. sent out anytime there's like an update on like women's health. Hi, have <laughs> you heard of IUDs? <sighs> Here's yeah. a pamphlet for yeah. more information. <laughs> and it's and IUDs are not new. It's not like no. it's yeah. so that's I should know more about it. It's just them. getting different, but oh Y'all, I did a whole series with another podcast about this thing called the Dalcon Shield, and it's horrifying and disgusting, and it looks like a death crab trap <gasps> for your vagina. That's what we called it. Is it but an anyway, IUD? It is an IUD. An old, okay. It's gone and lit left, and it kind of put a bad name on IUDs. But anyway, y'all, oof, we're going way off. <laughs> way off. Back to your show. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's why we're not called IUD rock. You know? yeah. <laughs> we just don't know enough about them, you know? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But as well, you said, it's not just about the period. It's about you coming on uh, in a world that doesn't welcome women to uh, music, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And also, like, I think another thing with Tampon Rock, too, is like, I wanted to also make sure that, you know, there was a space for Black queer characters and mm-hmm. being uh, from Indiana, South Bend, shout out. Um, yeah. I never saw any of that representation. So I didn't even know. I was probably gay when I was six. I mean, I was, but, you know, I would have known a lot sooner. And um, I think that that's important. Like, I just wanted to be, I wanted to have something that, like a little version of myself would have listened to and like related to, you know? Mm Because, wow, it took so long. I'm just like, wow, now I'm gay? You know, I was 25. (laughs) Yeah. Full gay. I think also like this show is kind of like, a version of me, a um, like life that, or like a way of talking that feels so, um, like I just got here. I just got to this place where I feel okay making these jokes, telling people to listen to this content and, and putting my name behind it. And that's like me fully myself for the first time as like a creative person and otherwise, you know? Not trying to hide anything about mm-hmm. who I am. And um, and I can't believe we got to do that. So cool. So fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So listen to Tampon. I mean, IUD rocks. Now IUD rocks. So yeah, obviously that has got to be a huge portion of what made you want to do this show is just to have that representation. It's mm-hmm. literally something that we've talked about, Annie and I, when we talk about women making history is there's not enough out there. So damn this. I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly, 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 truly. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because it's like, it's what, it's 2020. And I mean, like, how many, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but it's also like, how many, like, you can name so many cis white famous mm-hmm. character, right? Men. Mm-hmm. But then you, how many like black lesbians yeah, come can you on. name? You know, I got right. at least two, you know, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Lena Waithe. All right, I'm done, you know? (laughs) But, like, the fact that, like, 
that representation isn't out there for a lot of even queer people in general, you know, or like they feel like they have to the fact like some actors have to hide that they're gay or some rappers, you know, like there's a whole thing. You just like, oh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> this could so, be another podcast. <laughs> well, like, how does that influence what you how you like write your show? How does that influence in how you write your song? It, I think I know I always want to make sure that the, it's a good representation. I don't want to do it in stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. It's a hard balance because like either way, somebody can have an issue with it. Mm -hmm. So I think just doing it is, I don't know, that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) I answered one of um, (laughs) the motto, like we were doing an interview that was written. I forget who it was for, but they asked like what our life mottos were. And I said, just do it from Nike because literally (laughs) sometimes that was the ethos behind Tampon Rock. Like, just do it. Just just be, yeah. just exist and try to do right by other people. You know, we, we, I think we had a really good writer's room where if you make a joke that, you know, is off and insensitive or something, we'd, we'd check each other and, you know, respond well to that, but also wanted to push our, our, you know, ourselves to just be funny and embrace how weird life is and how we, how silly we are all. I, I don't know where I, I got to this now, but um, <laughs> let's bring it on back to representation, all right? <laughs> bring it on back to representation. I feel like, yeah. too, like, we get asked questions sometimes that are like, oh, this is this is really niche. And it's not oh, meant to yeah. be like a, you know, like an of- offensive question. And I don't think it is offensive inherently, but I think it's funny that it's like, well, why is this niche? Not that it's that has to be a bad thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's just a story about friends. Like, I think that's pretty accessible. It doesn't, I don't, and I don't, I feel like we don't ask like cis white men uh, that they're mm-hmm. like, why is their right. story so niche? Because it's like, we're watching lots of stuff that's written by yeah. <laughs> straight white dudes. And that's, that is fine mm-hmm. too. But it's like, well, why isn't that niche? Like that's its own niche, yeah. right? So I right. think we wanted to just write something that's like, shows that it doesn't have to feel like a niche exclusive thing. This is accessible, Um, you know, because it's just a funny Mm. story about friends being weirdos in their 20s and figuring it out. And like, Mm. most of us have been there, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Truly. Great. So that was... That sounds sorry. That sounded so <laughs> wow. Like, wow. Good Thank job. Thank you, Alicia. So. I'll sign off now. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> We have some more for you listeners, but first we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. 
For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. It's funny when you go back all the way to women writing literature and it was already like women's literature mm-hmm. and it's in this tiny mm-hmm. space and it's, it might make you feel things, ladies, <laughs> so don't read it. Um, <laughs> and that's still around. And and going back to what you said, Lucy, of like the little version of yourself, I started on this podcast as an editor in college. And I remember thinking like, I wish so badly I had had this. Like, I... I just didn't know. And I had all these like internalized misogynistic thoughts and mm-hmm. I didn't know to question them. And hearing from people now who are young and write in and say, oh, I'm so glad like I live in a small town and I thought I was the only one and hearing this, I feel like there's someone else like me and the power of that. Um, and I do think right now it is changing and we are seeing more representation, but it's so, so, so slow. And so I was just wondering, like, was all of you have been in like the music scene or like comedy for a while, right? And if you could talk about like what you've seen in terms of that changing or not seen. Interesting. So I do comedy out here in Brooklyn and I used to do in LA and I wanted to get better because just more stage time here in New York in general. And it's interesting because I think it's like, I know when I'm like the token for the show. You know, I'm the token black lesbian. And I don't think that's like the intention. It's like, but if I'm the only black queer person on the all white lineup, you know that it's this is a token thing. So it's hard because it's like, there are some shows like where you see these people are trying to do the intent. The intent is there, but it's like the impact is still like, I'm still being tokenized, you know? It's like, oh, why couldn't there be more? But then there's also like, well is there a lot of black lesbian comedians? So it's just like, it's all hard. It's like, a, it's not even a binary. It's just such a gray area in, in, in this whole aspect. But I do see it do changing a little, you know, like I think my best shows ironically are with white straight people, you know, like I'm talking about being a black lesbian from Indiana the whole time. And they love that. They're like, oh my God, it's funny because it's ironic. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, that's something because, you know, like with, even when I do shows with queer people, I, I notice that they're a little afraid to laugh. You know, they're like, uh, I don't want to be wrong. But I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm talking about, it's fine, laugh. But like the white straights, they're like, ah, <laughs> daggone it, we are braces. Or, you know, like, <laughs> like I did a show in Boise and it was like one of my best shows. And I was like, okay, they took pictures with me after. Like, I was like, wow, is this what it's like to be a celebrity? Then <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, are they just posting it on Facebook? Like, look, I found a black one. You know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh but <laughs> the question was, is it changing? I don't know. <laughs> That's my take. I like Thank it. You. <laughs> you're saying that there's a Where's Waldo game in Indiana. So what you're yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that when I go through there one day. <laughs> Don't don't go. Just don't stop. Say, as the one Asian person that pops up, maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what about in music? Have you noticed any anything changing mm. in there? Yeah, I mean, the like indie Brooklyn scene was really hit with the Me Too movement because a surprise, surprise, men everywhere, including sensitive indie rocker men, sleep with people when they shouldn't or take advantage of people. But I think that. One thing that I've really been aware of in the music scene as like particularly a woman, not necessarily like a queer woman, is that I never grew up being encouraged to understand computers or engineering or science or audio stuff. I was supposed to be hot and pretty and singing and wearing the right clothes. So I never felt empowered to record my own projects wholly by myself. And I never felt like I could read an error message on a computer and and figure it out. And I'm now at a place where like, 
I was the producer and, you know, I'm working with other women and there was no man telling me, oh, how, this is how you fix it. And <laughs> making me feel that much more like, you know, an imposter. So I think that there's been a change for me. And I'm sure that that is the case for some other people in the music scene where I'm like, no, I don't have to just be like the singer <laughs> or the body, the vessel. I yeah. can use my ears and decide for myself how I want it to sound. To trust your own judgment. And I think that's a great concept within both what you guys are saying about, yes, I'm in this and I'm in the middle of this. And for me, this is, I've, I've changed this. So therefore, I don't know this respect like around because I know you're talking about being the token, but at the same time, you're like, maybe there's not enough. There's not a lot of Black uh, queer comedians. Mm -hmm. And then talking about being the musician and being like, oh, I can teach myself. I don't need you. So kind of having that introspective points. And then also as you're developing as these humans, which is amazing, and you're talking within your own podcast and a scripted podcast and a comedic podcast, do you feel like you transfer a lot of this personal experience into the show? And if you do, how does that feel? Is it therapeutic? Is it vulnerable? How, what do you think about all of that? There's a lot of questions. I'm a multi-question person. <laughs> I think it's therapeutic. <laughs> I think it's therapeutic for sure. And it makes me feel empathic about it for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I've noticed though for Sarah that... It's not going to sound bad, I promise. <laughs> but like I noticed that you seem to have more confidence <laughs> yeah. with your abilities because I mean, this industry, especially like in our jobs, like white men, you know, are... I don't want to say above... They're above they us are. in that sense, right? Like, that's what All they... All of our bosses are and, white men. Yeah. Well, and one white woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you have taken that role, like, more... You're like, oh, I don't need their help. Like, I can mm -hmm. do this. And I think it's sad that, like, we lived in, like, such a... We still live in a society that makes... That, like, men think that they... We have to, like, rely on men to think that we are empowered. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's real or not. Is anything I say is real? Is this real? Because <laughs> I, I definitely like the whole thing about feeling like being a token. You're in this, but at the same time, someone has to break those grounds. Someone right. has to make that difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, so whether it's, it's you or heart. not, yeah. it is. And it yeah. feels very isolating and alone. But you have to almost play it up in order mm -hmm. to yeah. get any recognition. And it's such an unfortunate situation that you have to be the groundbreaker. But someone does. Mm -hmm. Someone always right. does. Congratulations, right. it's you. But it's like, then you're putting all this pressure on yourself. Right. That you have, it's like another thing that's like, uh, when does it get easy? Right. It and, doesn't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it becomes, and yeah, I'm guessing within this, because you are having to have that personal conversation. And, and a lot of times when trying to be successful and trying to rationalize your imposter syndrome, it becomes self-deprecating. And, yeah. and you kind of talked about it already with the fact that that's what's happening with Tampon Rock. When you see, look at yourself, it's like, what is my life? Am I, is this worth <laughs> continuing on? And this in your songs and making it a joke. What do you feel like could be changed within this industry? And not only like, yes, you want to be honest about yourself, but also try to be a good representation. How do you balance those things? Well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> and she never talks to me again. I think it it's hard because like, yeah, you, ha you have to keep in mind that representation. But then it's like, oh, now I'm responsible for like speaking for a group of people. And sometimes when we're just writing, we're like, we just want to tell a funny story that we don't have to necessarily think about the implications of it. So it's a weird... But also we do because that's important too. So it is a weird fine line that you have to walk. And mm -hmm. I feel like you can't really escape it. And again, I feel like dudes don't necessarily have to think about right. that. You mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. I, you know? Especially yeah. if you're a cis, white, heteronormative yes. person. Like it's just yeah. such a whole different conversation and being like, oh, people are actually watching me. I wanted this, but I didn't want this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think I learned a lot too from you guys during this process, like how to be kind to yourself and be like, I'm just creating and I'm going to try and be a good person. And that, you know, I'm going to have that as my jumping off point, but also like, it's okay when I mess up, you know, like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just do it and just create and learn, grow. Yeah. I think self-compassion, yeah. that's the biggest, that's something I learned in therapy. Like, oh, like, I know this term is so stupid. It's not stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, is dumb. No, um, it's just like the fact that you treat yourself like you treat your best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, 
how your what would you say if your best friend's like, oh, I don't think this music's good, but you're like, oh no, I think it sounds great. I think you just have to be more confident in yourself. Blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Like just mm-hmm. treating yourself, talking to yourself that way. So, you know, with the imposter syndrome, kind of like using that same self compassion technique, but it's hard because I think women have been conditioned to think that we are not at that better level. You know, right. I don't know. We do have a little bit more for you listeners, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. The three of y'all are just complimenting each other as you take turns <laughs> and like answering yeah. each other and li- uplifting each other, which I know is kind of a bedrock for the friendships within the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you kind of mm-hmm. talk about that and why that's important? Yeah, that was an accident. I didn't mean to uplift anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Alicia's not usually this nice to us, so... <laughs> I feel like Deja like is a really good example of somebody who's like trying to listen to herself and trying to do right by herself. And she's a really good example for somebody kind of navigating that and and having the hiccup of being in a relationship with somebody and not sure what she wants and then ultimately figuring out what she wants and doing it. But it's fun to watch her be kinder to herself and just like make her music that she wants to make and then see it juxtaposed with Chloe who like can't figure out a way to fully like love herself. And obviously Deja's doing the same thing. Like she she's figuring out ways that she needs to love herself more in as well. But yeah, that that's so important to to the the whole theme of the show. And I'm sure that's what it would be, you know, in coming episodes of it if we do a season two, you know. Just more learning of how to be kinder to yourself. (laughs) And that's our uh, TED Talk. Thank you again. (laughs) I don't know. I think Brene Brown, she's... I like to say she's my cousin, but no. We have the same last name, but also she is a white woman. But I think that a lot of her rhetoric too is in here. Like we're being vulnerable with our art. And I think that's the only way you can really like 
get what you want. I don't know. She didn't really say that. So I could be misquoting. So I'm sorry, Brene. That's your quote now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Brene Brown. No, not no more. And it's funny because my middle name is Renee. So. Perfect. So, so my girlfriend has me in her phone as Alicia Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah. you should put a B in brackets and yeah. beside your, your middle name. Okay. I'm not you, okay. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm logging. See, I told you she's not always this nice. <laughs> she's reset. Uh, she's reset. It's funny. Really- I feel like to some of just being vulnerable, like it feels so scary in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then we've started to get some Mm. like troll reviews of the podcast. Oh, those are fun. And it's weird. I find I'm like, this is hilarious because I realize that the people who are responding badly to it, I'm like, well, it's fine. Like I know it'll start to wear on us eventually. I think it's just a novelty to be like, oh my God, it's not just my mom listening to this. Um, <laughs> but it's funny that it's like, it doesn't feel as bad after the fact for some reason. I'm like, yeah, you know well, you're on the, we, we put it yeah. out there. And you feel yeah. confident mm-hmm. in, in where you stand. Yeah, that's awesome. I need that advice. Yeah. It is like to me though, you know, like obviously misogyny in general is huge and, and racism and all that stuff plagues our lives. But it is kind of shocking when you see a Twitter feed of bots or something. And it's just like, whoa, dang. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've never really criticized people or anything just because I like, I feel like sometimes it's that thing of like, when you're pointing at someone, that other hand is like pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of it's just like projection and like, that's Mm -hmm. their own stuff, you know? So I, I always feel like, the men who commented like, oh, like it's, they're just saying it's bad to be me. And then like our theme song is like, if you're misogynistic, don't listen. And they're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) they got offended because they can't be a misogynist anymore. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, well, we didn't want you to listen anyway. So I don't care what you're doing. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I will God. say I'm with you with the whole like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a good thing because obviously when we get trolls, it's very obvious. But yeah, yeah, taking critiques is really hard. And I don't come from a background of performing. I come from social services and social work. So when I started mm. this and I saw the reviews, I literally had to have a sit down with several of the hosts, including Annie, and be like, how do you deal with this when people are critiquing your voice? Right. How do you, like, yeah. like personal shit that yeah. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like my voice. I get it. I, I hear why you hate me. But <laughs> it's interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? So with all of the trolling and all the things, you know you're doing something right if the people who you're saying, this is not for you, are already telling on themselves yeah. being like, well, are you calling me something without yeah. even knowing yeah. what the show is about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so relieved though to have feedback from haters than to just have sort of like people be kind of bored or like, oh, mm-hmm. that was nice. Mm-hmm. Because I was raised to be like a nice person. But because I was so nice, I was always putting what other people wanted from me first. And then I never created anything that was mm-hmm. authentic. Like I when I was first singer-songwriter at like 18, I, I wrote like emotional songs, but I never pushed and really showed like fully myself because I was trying to please other people. And, uh, you know, so it feels really great. It feels like a relief <laughs> to not do that. Right. That's a big thing Chloe goes through, right? Yes, like, exactly. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, I think we've talked a lot about kind of everything around it. For a person who's never heard your show, doesn't mm-hmm. exactly know what's going on, can you describe mm-hmm. the basis of your show, the layout of what you've done and what it's about and who it's for? Oh, we'll just do this in rounds. Okay. <laughs> I'll take the first section. What's it about? What's it for? Who's it for? Okay. It's for everybody. Rated E for everyone. And I think it's a scripted podcast about two friends who go through their early 20s. And the music element comes from the transition scenes. So in a sitcom, you're able to see what's next. But I think we Mm -hmm. sing what's next. Yeah. Yes, me and Sarah are the narrators as well. That's spoiler. (laughs) Something we forgot to say. So we, we act like the fairy. Yeah. We, Gay mothers. We say things like, um, they're walking in the talking, but you can see it because it's a podcast. See it. Yeah. Now to the next scene. Yeah. So very literal. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty meta. I love that. Yeah. So we have Chloe mm-hmm. and Deja. 
So do mm-hmm. we get to see relationships develop? Do we get oh, to see mm-hmm. who they're hooking up Lots with? Of hooking do we get to, up. What, yes. what is Lots all of, of this? Up. Yeah. Yeah. You won't see it. Or do we you won't hear it, but oh. no, no. Can you imagine? You hear it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's... What is that? Would that be porn? I don't know. If you're listening, what do you got? Should um, we do that like for season ASMR two? ASMR no. or like... I just... Porn ASMR? We get a little softcore audio action going on in the show. Yeah, I mean... No, I, don't, I mean... Okay, sure. I'm like... Sure, Okay. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, now okay. I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. And it's based out of New York. They live no, in New actually, York, correct? They li- no. Yeah, no. they live in they oh. live in Oakland. I missed that um, part. Which Oakland. none of us have really been to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I realized I thought I went there, but it wasn't Oakland. It was Berkeley. <laughs> and we were just like, I think for us, we were like, let's write about something that's not New York and not mm. LA. So okay. I think we felt like Oakland was right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. The, I mean, not physically, but... Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sophie. This is why I, I just love picking on you for no reason. Because she's so funny. That was anyway, a dad Sorry. Joke. That was definitely a dad joke. <laughs> yeah. See? Everyone, so Sophie. <laughs> what else? Did we, did we answer the question? Deja has somebody that she dates consistently throughout the season. Gina. Okay. Um, yeah. And... Okay. Gina. Chloe kind of has a relationship with her mom and her therapist as well during the... <laughs> her face, not oh, no, 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 uh, no, no, not no, a no, physical... No. Oh, yeah. Oh, about... yeah, yeah. Just the, uh, the part wow. of the... <laughs> I feel like Chloe would do that though, like where she would sexualize her therapist and and get confused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said mom relationship with yeah. her mom. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. Definitely could be a dream, though, that, uh, that yeah. God has. That would be intense. <laughs> Idea. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Brainstorm. Uh, I'm going to exit always push on this. <laughs> the, that just a little too far over the edge. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Speaking of, do you have anything, any future plans, anything on the horizon you're excited about? Yeah. The end of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as it's over. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be inside the whole time. I <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to be inside, but a different inside. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we hope to keep, you know, expanding the audience and hopefully, you know, do season two. I know we, we've got a lot of music from the episodes that have like longer versions and I kind of want to put some of them out. And yeah, we're talking about doing just sort of a behind the scenes, you know, episode as well. I cannot wait till spring, you guys. That's really what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. want to hear birds and have the sun on my face. <laughs> so is the whole season of Tampon Rock out right now? Binge it, baby. Yes. Out now. Out yeah. now out and now. ready to go. And possibly a season two. What's, so with everything that happened in season one, we're learning about these women and who they are and, and surviving their 20s and having therapists and relationships. What does season two look like? As probably the same. <laughs> As the same. They don't learn from anything from season one. So now, I don't know. I want there to be like drama. I want it to be like Grey's Anatomy size oh, things, you oh, know, like wow. an yeah. airplane hits the hospital or like there's a bomb. There's a bomb in, a, in Chloe's body mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. You know? wow. She's actually a cyborg. You know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. She slips into concrete and then her body gets in, encased in, in concrete and they have to chip her out. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was very of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Very specific, Sarah. Great. That's, um, that's an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Like yeah. somebody gets rolled in like a boulder with like a head. <laughs> Whoops, I missed that. But I love it. But so you guys have your own things as well as Tampon Rock. So what are y'all up to individually? A lot of, a lot. I'm trying to write a dating book. Oh. Yeah. But then I, now that I'm in a relationship, I forgot how to date. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That's we'll fair. see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get married this year. So that's exciting. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you guys, you got to have a lot of spreadsheets if you want to do it and not spend a bajillion dollars. Yeah. That's like kind of a part time job that I got going on right now. But, you know, I'm also working on music and Sophie. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sleeping a lot. It's, it's <laughs> you know, a lot of naps mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm eating a lot and mm. uh, no I don't know I'm I have a bunch of sort of 
pilots and stuff that I've been wanting to write forever. And I feel like mm-hmm. if I can't do it during a pandemic when I can't do anything else and I have lots of free time, like, you know, this is okay. the time. But yeah. well, know. it's it's winter and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Don't to please be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, Thank like you. it's a pandemic too. You know, like we're all adjusting. No, like, it's like I gotta you know, finish watching the Night Stalker. So yeah, you know, it's, it's good. Mm. It's Mm-hmm. And it will come to you, and it's okay. Thanks, Don't put Elise, that pressure yeah. on yourself. Wow, that's so nice. Are you going to say something mean now to undercut I was it? going to, okay. but then I didn't. <laughs> I'm the same I'm way. Kidding. If I have to give you a compliment, I also have to insult you somehow. Yeah. I can't. I can't I'll be all sweet. About that balance. doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. So essentially, you guys have a lot of plans, a lot of things happening, personal life stuff happening, being uh, groundbreaking in every way, obviously, in your fields, in your life. I love it. Writing dating oh, books. So kind. Send that out to everyone, please. I'm sure people need that uh, advice. Just make it, you know, put it in there as something about make sure to get Crocs. <laughs> oh, right, right. Our Crocs sponsorship, I too. I recommend it. <laughs> they're not just for gardening, you guys. Oh, that's a good one. Crocs. They're not just for gardening. Right. Someone needs to get us an ad for that. So yeah. we can get an ad deal so I can get some Crocs now. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. a sponsor, <laughs> just a fan, as we always say. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up and then we'll shout out to the show, of course. Just like follow, you know, Tampon Rock and uh, listen to what it. and social media things? We're on, we're on those. TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. We're not on, we're not Snapchat. on Snapchat. I was going to say, y'all are way cooler than us because I thought Snapchat was gone. Wait. It is. We don't. Okay. I don't even know if it <laughs> exists anymore. Who we, knows? That was just like me saying MySpace. We're on MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Y'all are too young for that. <laughs> all right, let's do one thing. Advice for all of the up and coming uh, women, specifically, or those who identify as women, coming into their love lives and coming into finding themselves and being confident. Can you give that to them? Mm, this is my jam. Honestly, just be vulnerable and authentic. Like. Once you have that, you can't go wrong. Be honest with yourself and your feelings, you know? Because I think I'm going to go on a pedestal. Let's just, <laughs> let's just cut me off now. I love it. Because it's true, you know? Like, I think that we're so afraid of communicating, like, what we actually want and not listening to ourselves that we end up being in unhappy relationships or being in something that you're actually not into. You know, like, that person's, like, being very avoidant and you're just like, oh, I have to I have to be with them. I have to be with them. It's like, no, that's not who you want. If you have to, like, force this person to be with you, that's not... That's not it. Anyway, sorry. Yes. That's... Yes to that. That's Alicia Brown and dating. <laughs> the book forthcoming. Catch me on Sundays at 2 p.m. <laughs> Sophie, what about you? Oh, dating? I don't know, but... <laughs> doesn't have to be dating. <laughs> I'm stealing Sarah's life motto, which is just do it. I just feel it. like yeah. women and people who identify as women need to be able to just do what they want to do. And if you have something you want to try, then you should do it because men get to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Just do it because men get to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would just add, try to remind yourself that you like are enough. You know, you don't need to like, learn something so that you're more experienced or you have that thing. Do it because you're interested in it. Like you are enough. Wow. Yes. (laughs) Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, Such a lovely conversation. You're welcome back anytime. Please. And listeners, yes, you can find them. We trust your abilities, your internet sleuthing abilities. And you can subscribe to the podcast, which you absolutely should. Tampon Rock, wherever podcasts are available. Yes? Yes. yes. You can also contact us. Uh, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuffmomneverfoldyou or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Oh, thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. 
Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.